thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. To the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome. We are so glad to have you with us today for Jesus the Healer. Thank you for joining us. And we've been ministering on the subject of enjoying our fellowship with God. Yeah. Did you know what? Really, our healings and miracles are connected to yes. really the miracle worker, yes. the healer. So we need to learn to enjoy our fellowship with him because our faith will thrive in that setting. Yes. Amen. Amen. We invite you, if you have not been able to watch the previous episodes this week, go back and watch those because there's so many things that we said we'd like you to get hold of them. Amen. Yes. We've been using as our golden text, something that was said in John chapter 17 and verse one. This is Jesus praying. Listen, if you want to hear what Jesus's prayer life was like, read this chapter. There's so much in it. And in John 17, verse one, Jesus said, these words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son that thy son also may glorify thee as thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Look at verse three. And this is life eternal, that they may know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. So notice he said this, real life, that which makes all the difference is who we know. It's who we know. And you know, I know this, I got saved when I was 19 years old because I wanted to know him. And that's still my, that's still my greatest desire to know him. Isn't that what Paul said in Philippians chapter three, verse 10, after working all the miracles, after being used in such a mighty way, so many revelations that came through him and his, the cry of his heart was that I may know him. Amen. It's our privilege and it is our invitation that we receive from God himself, come boldly to the throne of grace. Yes, that's the place of obtaining, but it's also to come and know him. Jesus made a statement and uh, he was basically correcting those religious leaders who rejected him. And he said, uh, the Amplified said it this way, said, you investigate and you pour over the scriptures thinking in them that you have life. But he said, they point to me. So they were holding to words, but but rejecting him. Too many times, if we're not careful, we're just holding to the letter of the law. And we've left out the fellowship of him. And he is the source of all life. And he invites us into his fellowship. I want you to also turn and read in Psalm chapter 43. In verse 3 we'll read. Now this is the Amplified Classic Translation. It says, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Thank God for his word that's leading us, right? 
let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling place. Well, that's old covenant. Under the new covenant, we're the temple. So we could say this, let your, let your light, revelation of the word, let your truth lead me. And where's it going to lead us to? Right into his presence, to enjoy his presence. Verse four says this, then will I go to the altar of God, to God, my exceeding joy. Ah, let's not ever put anything else in the place of the one who is really our joy. Thank God for the things he gives, the lovely homes we enjoy, the jobs, the family, all of that, but nothing can take the place of him. He's a father, you're his children, and he longs for fellowship with his children. I said he longs for fellowship with his children. Let's go to Mark chapter 12 and verse 30, and I'm going to go to the Amplified Classic translation on this. Mark chapter 12, verse 30, and Jesus was speaking. How many of you know Jesus knew something about fellowship with his father? Yeah, absolutely. And he tells this, he says, and you shall love the Lord your God out of and with your whole heart, Mm -hmm. your soul and your mind. Mm -hmm. And notice this, and he says, and with your strength. So he's talking about when you love God, it involves your heart, It involves your soul. It involves your mind. It involves your strength. And then he says that at the end, this is the first and principal commandment. Mm -hmm. So if this is out of place, if our fellowship with God is out of place, how difficult it is for our faith life to function as it should. The other things that we need to receive from God, miracles and healings, this has to be put first. This has to be in place. Amen. Um, I want to go over to the book of Revelations chapter two. Let's go over there. And again, I'm going to read out the Amplified Revelations chapter two in verse two. Now, you'll know the setup here of what is written in the book of Revelation is John had a vision. Jesus appeared to him and said, there's churches I want you to write letters to. The church in Ephesus, I believe it was, he said, I want you to write the following to them. And in verse two, this is what Jesus says to him. I know your industry and activities, laborious toil and trouble. So notice this, they're active, aren't they? In the work of God, they're active ministry work. So he's commending them for that. And he says, so I know your industry and activities, your laborious toil, toil, and look at this, and trouble. So you've had opposition in in your work for me. Things have opposed you. And he says, but your patient endurance and how you cannot tolerate wicked men and have tested and critically appraised those who call themselves apostles or special messengers of Christ, and yet they're not, and have found them to be imposters and liars. I know you are enduring patiently and you are bearing up for my name's sake, for my name's sake, and you have not fainted or become exhausted or grown weary. My goodness, these people are, (laughs) I mean, it looks like they're really, they're all in, right? They've faced a lot. They have produced a lot of fruit for, for the kingdom of God. They've overcome opposition. But then look in verse four but I have this one charge to make against you that you have left abandoned the love that you had at first. You've deserted me, your first love. 
Look at this. They got so taken up with the work that they set aside the author of the work, the one they're working with and working for. Notice just one thing, this one thing made the other things not as effective. Then it goes on in verse five. He says, remember then from what heights you have fallen. Repent, change the inner man to meet God's will and do the, do the works you did previously when first you knew the Lord or else I will visit you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you change your mind and repent. So he said their lack of fellowship called for repentance that they needed to repent before God. Um, Jesus, yes, they were doing the work of a local church, right? But notice he's basically telling them uh, he did not need a church that represented him without fellowship with him. He didn't want just the work and it's void of the real meaning of why they're there. Amen. Amen. If Jesus doesn't, if Jesus didn't want this of a local church, he doesn't want that of our personal lives either. He doesn't want us so busy running around doing things for him and really missing out with all of our, with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, all of our strength, loving him first. Uh, It's so easy to get things out of order. It's so easy if you're not careful to let what's loud start taking place over what's important. There's so many responsibilities that get loud in life. They're loud, right? They demand immediate attention. (laughs) But none of them will ever take the place of our fellowship with Him. This is where marriages break up, homes break up. They're so busy trying to fulfill all the responsibilities of the home. Uh, We have to make sure of this. Make sure we're not just good at responsibilities, but failing in obedience. Because responsibilities, if we're not careful, can uh, be put in a place that they're not supposed to be. Because if we'll tend to our fellowship first with him, all the responsibilities are done from that better place. And they get done easier. They get done with less effort. We have his blessing and his empowering and his help securing that mindfulness of him. Listen, he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. But sometimes we fail to give him the proper attention. Um, Think of it this way. The Holy Spirit dwells on the inside of us. He will guide us. He will teach us. What do you think he's here to teach us? The word. To give us insight, helping us to know the wisdom of God. He's leading us in our fellowship with God. He will lead us. You know that we don't turn our fellowship rigid and boring and full of law. Right. Just get up in the morning. Haven't you had it? Sometimes you get up and you just, you just hung your greatest desire. I just want to feed on the word. Then feed on the word. Sometimes your, your desire is just spend time worshiping him. Then worship him because the spirit will lead you, your fellowship with God in such a way that it will flourish and it will thrive and it will, it will water your day. 
water your life. God said something to me years ago. He was talking about, he said, if you see one of my children fall, and he's talking about a Christian. If you see them and, and they succumb to sin, he said, people looking on that may know a little bit about their situation will say, well, look, sin took them out. He said, sin has no dominion over you. Right. He said, it's not sin that takes out my children or puts them on the path of failure. He said, their failure was not starting their day with me. If they would have started with me, they would have been fortified to take their stand against that temptation to sin. Meaning this, live life from the highest place. Yes. And uh, as we said in previous episodes, it takes time. Yes. Taking time with him. Yes. What's it say over in Isaiah? This wonderful passage um, talks about you shall mount up with wings as eagles, yes. right? Yes. Um, they that wait upon the Lord yes. shall renew their strength. Yes. They shall run and not be weary. Yes. They shall walk and not faint. Yes. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. What's he saying? There is a strength that comes to you from one place and it's called fellowship. We can confess the strength of God is mine and we should confess it. Mm -hmm. But if we neglect fellowship, that's the place that our strength flows from. And we sometimes have to make corrections. Uh, If we're we're endeavoring to take our stand to receive healings, to receive miracles and things aren't working, go back and check the first place. Mm Go back and check, are we putting him first or are we just putting the confessions first without, with leaving him out of it? <laughs> Listen, confessing the word is right, but the word is to lead us to him. Fellowship to him. It reveals him. He's our exceeding joy. Enjoy him. Enjoy the healer and healing won't be hard. Enjoy the miracle worker and miracles will be easy to receive. Enjoy the provider and you'll never have lack again. Amen. Amen. Uh, These things are true. I said these things are true. I want to go over, go with me to Psalm chapter 9. Psalm chapter 9 and verse 1. We had a, a wonderful service here at our church and one of the a guest minister was bringing out this verse and when he was preaching this, I said, that's exactly what I did that I got through every test. I've had seasons of tests I've gone through just like some of you may have. And um, I, you've heard me preach on it. I preached on it here that every test... Every exit road out of every test was paved with praise. Until I got on that praise road, I didn't get out. But when I got on the praise road, what is that? I'm fellowshipping with him. I'm worshiping him. I'm thanking him. My attention is on him instead of my need. Psalm chapter 9 verse 1, it reads, I will praise thee, O Lord. Look at this with my whole heart. I'm not half-hearted about this. I'm not just fulfilling a, I'm not just taking a spiritual stance and expecting God to accept it as worship. (laughs) If my heart's not engaged. Listen, if our heart isn't in our praise, why would his heart be? Right? Right? Yeah. Jesus said that their hour cometh and now is when the Father is seeking for those, for true worshipers, for those who worship in spirit and in truth. Their heart's engaged. So it says in verse 1, I will praise thee, O Lord, look at this, with my whole heart, with my heart engaged. 
I will show forth all thy marvelous works. So what's he saying? I will, in my praise, I will rehearse and recount all the things you've done for me. And then it says in verse 2, I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praise to thy name, O thou most high. What's he talking about? He's talking about enjoying the fellowship of the one who has worked miracles in his life. Now look at verse 3. When mine enemies are turned back, they shall fall and perish at thy presence. Look at verse 1 and verse 2 is what brought us into his presence, praising and worshiping him. When we live and abide in the presence of God, we don't struggle with the same things we used to struggle with because we are untouchable in that place of his presence. If I could say this, we're unreachable. Um, Several years ago, I was in a convention I was attending and I got a a phone call and someone needed my help and I had helped them on previous occasions. And this time I had it in mind. I thought, um, just in my own, in my own thinking, I thought, I don't think I'll, I'll do that again. I, I was, I was glad to help the first time I, I was prompted to help, but I didn't, it was not my intent to help this time. And so the spirit of God spoke to me, said, no, I want you to help them. So I said, okay. But I knew I wanted to have the spirits leading on it because it was a financial help and it was one that would have taken a big chunk out of my own resources. Let me put it that way. It would have been, if I could say this, a sacrificial gift for me that, um, you know, I would have, I would have noticed. (laughs) And so those kinds of things, you know, I always look to the, I always look to the spirit to lead me on these things. I don't do those things mindlessly. And so the spirit of God dealt with me about doing it. So I said, okay, I'll do it. So as I was sitting in that, that, that convention and I had obeyed, I had done what was in my heart to do, what the spirit led me to do. As I was sitting there, I'm trying to listen to the preacher and all these bombarding thoughts of now you have just put yourself in a hard place financially. You put yourself in a very difficult place because you did that. Well, see, I've learned this. When the wrong thought comes, answer it. Don't sit and listen to it. It'll trouble you. It will unsettle you. So I answered it just under my breath. I said, I said this back to the devil. I said, I will never put myself in a hard place obeying God. Disobeying God is what puts me in a hard place. Obeying God never put me in a hard place. So he kept saying that and I kept answering. And the devil would keep saying, you've just put yourself in a hard place. And every time I'd answer, no, there's no such thing as being in a hard place when I obey God. The, the obedience to God blesses my life. It will never injure my life. So this went on for 30 minutes or so. I mean, not constant, but throughout that next 30 minutes, those thoughts would come and I'd answer them. At about the end of 30 minutes, God spoke to me and he said, if you would just get in my presence and stay there, you wouldn't even have to listen to that. What's he saying? He's saying exactly what it says in Psalm 9, verse 3. When my enemies are turned back, they shall fall and perish at thy presence. His presence will deal with that, with that enemy. You won't have to be worn down. You take your time. You take your attention and your affection to worship and glorify and magnify God. And what will happen... His presence will 
be very evident. The anointing of God will come in the manifestation. You'll step into a flow of the glory of God and that will deal with the enemy that's been harassing you. So no matter what healings you may have needed, no matter what miracles you have needed, our, our, our safe place uh, is in his presence. Amen. Amen. What's it say in Psalm chapter 91 verse 1? He that dwelleth, not visiteth. Yes, <laughs> not just visit, but he that dwells. That means he has, he has set his life in that place. Amen. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Yes. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. He is my fortress. He is my God. In him will I trust. What's he saying? Because I'm in a place of safety, that when the enemy comes, all he's going to run up against is he's going to come up against that that dwelling place of mine. Amen. He is my fortress. In a fortress, you're unreachable. You're untouchable. It is a place of defense in a time of opposition. His presence is your place of defense. Yes. In a time of difficulty, in a time when opposition has come against you, you just make it your priority to praise Him and worship Him and enjoy His presence yes. and let His presence do the fighting for you because no enemy can violate His presence. They fall and perish at His presence is what Psalm 9.3 says. They fall and perish at His presence. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, And then if you would turn with me to John chapter 15 and verse 7, and we have some of the same type wording, John chapter 15 and verse 7. What's this? If you abide in me, where again, our abiding place, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you you will and it'll be done unto you. What's he saying? You're going to get results when you're in my presence. That's right you'll get results. Why? Because you made his presence your priority, that his presence will do the work for you. His ability will do it. Again, as as we, uh, let me again quote Psalm chapter 91, verse 1. Psalm 91, verse 1. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. What is a secret place? It's the spirit realm. What is that? His presence. His presence. You can, he invites us to dwell there, but notice he never tells us when to leave. Come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Um, Notice he tells us to come, but he never tells us when to leave. Why? We don't have to leave. (laughs) We don't have to leave. We don't have to leave. But we can get up every morning and just turn toward him and say, today I'm going to live from that place of victory, that place that that his presence, his glory, his anointing, it wins the battle for me. Amen. So let me go again back to Psalm chapter 9, verse 1. I will praise the Lord. I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praise to thy name, O Most High. He's telling us how to abide in his presence. Praise, gladness, rejoice, and singing. 
All of those things will hold us in his presence. If we will be mindful to hold, hold ourselves in his presence, then we will be employing his presence to deal with our enemies. Why? Because praise brings the anointing and the anointing destroys the yoke. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, do you remember when God's people, the Hebrews were delivered out of Egypt, but they, they kind of, no, not kind of, they went the wrong direction in some things. In their thinking, they went the wrong direction. They started complaining against God. And in their complaint, um, serpents came in on them. God didn't send them, but because of their complaint, um, what God had been protecting them from, he could no longer protect them. Those serpents have been there all along. They've been trying to get into that camp all along and God's presence had protected them. And when they started complaining instead of praising, then uh, he could no longer protect them. And in a day, about a quarter of a million a million of them dropped dead from poisonous snake bites. But what was the remedy? God told Moses, when Moses went to God, God said, take a serpent, which is a type of Jesus being made sin and paying the price for you. Put it on a, on a pole and everyone who looks at it will live. Where you look determines what happens in your life. It changed people that were dying. If they looked, it changed. People that were maybe in the last throes of death, mm -hmm. if they looked, they could get up and live. Right. Where we look yes. determines the flow of our yes. life. Yes. Amen. Amen. And he has given us the best place to occupy if you abide in me. Yes. And my words abide in you. If you're born again, you do abide in him. Mm -hmm. But we're to live mindful of the one, the greater one who's on the inside of us. Yes. Amen. Amen. Well, we're so grateful that we get to come to you every day on Jesus the Healer. And there's one reason we get to is because Kenneth Copeland Ministries has sowed the air, air time for this broadcast. We don't pay a dime for this airtime, And I don't know of any other network or channel that does that. Kenneth Copeland has been leading the way in a lot of things for the body of Christ. And I tell you, what a blessing to have the word to come into your home 24 hours a day that you can turn on in the middle of the night, when there's opposition and things, you can turn on and you can hear the word and it's a rescue to your life. And I ask you that if you're not already a partner with Kenneth Copeland Ministries, pray about becoming a partner uh, because it not only keeps the word coming into your home, but it keeps it coming into the home of other people who need that word. It's not just me that they've gifted this with. Every programmer that's on this channel, we don't pay for any of our airtime. And so that's one way we get to honor the word that comes into our home is we become partners. I'm partner. My ministry is a partner. Why? Because it means so much to have this avenue of the word coming in. Amen. Well, we've been ministering today out of my book called His Presence Shall Be My Dwelling Place. I invite you, go to DufresneMinistries.org and you can order your copy today. Day. And until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. In this powerful book, His Presence Shall Be My Dwelling Place, Nancy Dufresne teaches how to be more aware of the presence of God on a daily basis. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org.
We invite you to join us for our annual prayer conference here at World Harvest Church in Marietta, California, April 4th through the 6th. We would like everyone attending to pre-register on our website, DufresneMinistries.org. Come expecting God to do great things. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.